everybody, and welcome back to Among America's at Movies, the show where we talk smack about movies, except we usually don't. We usually see movies we really like and have a lot to say about, and that includes this week's movie. In theaters now is the new Spider-Man animated film, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Wars, so I thought this would be a good time to release our thoughts on last year's Spider-Man movie, the live-action one, co Produced by Sony and Disney for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's right. We're going to be talking about Spider-Man Homecoming with our good pal Vix. That's right. Why not talk about the live-action Spider-Man movie from last year when the new one is out. The new animated one. Perfect timing. I totally planned it. No, I did not. This is a year and a half late. I am... Really bad at getting these out on time. <laughs> but, yes, uh, this is a really fun episode of Among Our Sad Movies. Even though it derails us at our points into tangents, I had to cut an hour out of this episode that had nothing to do with Spider-Man Homecoming at all, and I'm going to release that as a regular episode of Among Mavericks, and you'll see why later. For now, you'll get the hour and a half that we actually spent talking about the movie Spider-Man Homecoming. One note before we begin is that we recorded this podcast before Vix transitioned, so there are many times throughout this podcast where we refer to her by the incorrect pronoun or an incorrect name. So please keep that in mind and be mindful of that. I tried to edit out instances of that wherever possible, but I couldn't remove them all, so please be mindful of that as you listen to this podcast. But... That's about it, so let's go web-slinging into our discussion of Spider-Man Homecoming. It's a Homecoming for the Among Mary's podcast. Not really, but anyway, let's uh, sling away into the podcast. Living on the edge, riding ground, spinning west, swinging from the highest edge. He can leap up all ahead. Ah, 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 ah. Villains on the rise, and the city's victimized. Looking up with no surprise, arriving in the speed of time. He's lyrics, man. No goddamn Spectacular Smack about movies. We're still going with that catchphrase. How many episodes has it been? I think I've forgotten to even start with the catchphrase in some episodes. Do you remember, we Lord? Do you? Do you? No, you don't, I don't remember. Need... Welcome don't remember to how many movie. of these we recorded because like half of them haven't been released at this point. And That's half true. of them I've renamed as another show entirely. Yeah. But no, we're not talking about the spectacular Spider-Man, the great animated series from like 2008. 
Directed by Greg Wiseman. We're talking about Ultimate Spider-Man. No! No! How is that? I have no idea why Ultimate Spider-Man is shit. It's written by Paul Dini. Eric Radomski's doing the backgrounds, but it does nothing but reek of lazy. How? Also, Spectacular Spider-Man doesn't get a season three with Hydro-Man and Gwen Stacy dying horribly and Peter's life could be even becoming more and more shit. I will die. Ultimate Spider-Man is the greatest thing ever made. It's been like like ten years. Shut up. Shut up. (laughs) I mean, I guess if young Justice can get a season three. Maybe there's hope, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping that someday Netflix is going to realize that they can make a lot of money by reviving every single Greg Wiseman <laughs> thing that never got uh, completed. But Netflix isn't doing the Young Justice revival. Oh, who was it then? No, Warner. It's, it's just Warner Brothers directly. Yeah. Uh, which is weird because like they, their justification was because of the Netflix like streaming like. Views. Yeah, but it's not going to be streaming on Netflix. It's like on their like own like DC like streaming service that they're making. Yeah, that, yeah, and that makes no sense considering their reasons for canceling it were that yeah. girls were watching the show. So why did they care about views in general? I thought all you cared about was Mattel toys that nobody bought because they look like shit even in the advertisements. I have the fucking comics advertising them. They look like shit. <laughs> uh, girls are watching this show. Girls don't buy toys. Everybody knows that. Girls don't. Read comics. Nobody read. There, young, there wasn't even a Young Justice comic running at the time. Like Young Justice hadn't been a thing since the early two thousands. I believe there was a tie-in comic to the animated series, though, that like took place between the first and second seasons. Yeah, but it there wasn't was. released oh. until a um a while into the show's running. The closest thing that they would have was the New Fifty Two Teen Titans, hmm. which, as if you guys have ever seen Linkaro's reviews of the culling, actively yeah. shit all over anybody <laughs> who actually liked Young Justice. Or the Teen Titans, or DC, or comics, or the written word in general. Yeah, well, they didn't know what they were doing. DC doesn't know what they're doing with... Well, they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, they really didn't know, considering that Teen Titans was cancelled three separate times, and they kept re-releasing it, and I'm like... And everyone's just like, um... Um, maybe you should change the fucking creative team because nobody likes this shit. <laughs> but then again, this is these are the same people who said that even though the New 52 was, you know, supposed to be uh, something for other, the new people, it was mm. only supposed to be for 40-year-old white men. Oh, we should probably talk about the movie now. <laughs> That's right. So we're not talking about Spectacular Spider-Man. I guess we'll do that some other time, maybe. I don't know. Probably I have not. to go rewatch that show. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of it. That's a, it's a good show, but I know. we have the next best thing because we're talking about the new Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man Homecoming, which was done as a collaboration between Sony and Disney. They got their act together. They got Yay. Spider-Man in the MCU. Why can't and Fox then... and Marvel work together now? Because uh. Fox, for some reason, thinks that they can that um thinks for some reason that the X-Men and the Fantastic Four will start printing money eventually. Eventually, they'll start printing money, even though Marvel's left them in the dust. Uh, plus, what's his face? Who was playing Wolverine? He's gone now. Yeah, huge yeah, Ackman. Jackman. Yeah, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, he's huge Ackman. Yeah, obviously. he's done no, now because no, no. he made like the greatest X Men film ever, and then left. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's that's what happens, and also the Fantastic Four are ruined forever now. But so. we need edgy Doctor Doom. Uh, apparently, Doctor Doom might be in Infinity War. There's been the rumor circulating. I don't know. Can we get Spider-Man and his amazing friends? Uh, no, uh, no, no. <laughs> Remember, Dan Slott killed them because he wanted to brag about it on Twitter. Yeah, but isn't that comics? Uh, no, because uh, for some reason... No, 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 you don't understand. 
This is the Spider-Verse. And this means that, and for some, Marvel has some weird canon stuff. So technically, Spider-Man and his amazing friends exist in a certain universe, so they can't actually be used. Which is, and technically, since one of the vampires killed the Ultimate Marvel versus no, the Marvel versus Capcom Spider-Man, that's people are speculating that's why he's not an infinite. Is also Dan Slott's a fucking dick. And this is why I don't read Marvel comics. Yeah, don't read Marvel comics, especially not Spider-Man. You can read Spider-Man Deadpool because Joe Kelly's on that, and Joe Kelly create the. Creator, if you will, of, of of Deadpool is a great writer. Great writer, wonderful person. Wrote um, what, what what's so funny about Truth, Justice in the American Way, and the first Deadpool ongoing. But now, if you um, Spider Man Homecoming for me was uh, a homecoming to good Spider Man stuff. Yeah, because but, like a decade. Yeah, you don't talk yeah. about a basic Spider Man. Or Spider-Man's three. Yeah. They never happened. Yeah, like, guys. There's, we, we've had just, just this fucking decade-long drought of anything good related to Spider-Man at all. Like, mm. the comics have been shit ever since Dan Slott got put on them. He's like, oh, first thing I do is I kill off Peter Parker and I insert Dr. Octopus's brain in there. But it's okay. not gonna be like, um, a funny little, uh, adventure story like Aunt May becoming the Silver Surfer because that was funny. Uh, it's gonna be, he's so much better, he's the superior Spider-Man and nobody can figure it out that it's Dr. Octopus. And then he'll fuck up Peter Parker's life and everybody will act out of character for no reason. And then after that, once Peter Parker gets his mind back, we're going to push Miles Morales, who's really boring and has never been given any characterization for some reason. But we're also going to push this per- character I made called Silk. She's my self-insert OC donut steel, who's <laughs> so much better than everybody, every Spider-Man fucking ever Uh. because and she's the only one that can beat up these vampire people who are killing all the spider-men because i hate you and i hate your childhoods and i hate spider-man like like to illustrate how much he hates like so first so like uh, so so spider-verse you know it's like uh, every spider-man wow that's that sounds pretty damn cool because there's so many cool spider-men like the animated series stuff there's Mm -hmm. like leopardon um spider-man the emissary from hell like, all these cool Spider-Men, wow, they're all together, they're fighting this one big force. Wow, that's gotta be great. All Dan Slott does is he kills off lots and lots of Spider-Men um, in one panel, then brags about them on Twitter while not even bothering to look up Wikipedia entries for stuff like, okay, how did this, how does it, what Earth is this character from, or how does this work? So, he, so like, uh, for example, he'll kill off um, a Spider-Man that's wearing the Spider-Man Unlimited outfits. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, the outfit is made of cloth, even though in the show it's made of nanites. And then he says that he's killed off the 90s animated series Spider-Man, even though Peter Parker wasn't the Spider-Man Unlimited. So both of them are safe, and this is just some random shit that it just died. Or, um, or... Or, uh, when Leopardon first appears, um, Leopardon is one story tall, and even though he's powered by atomic energy and... Um, and canonically the most powerful robot in all of Japanese is Tokatatsu, according to Toei, because, oh, he, he's, so he, he's tying this into the Toei Spider-Man now. Yeah, yeah, he, he, um, like, people were really, really hyped for this, because, uh, they were like, okay, okay, he's pulling a ruse on us, Leopardon's gonna come down from the sky and beat up fucking everything, uh, he's gonna, the emissary from hell's gonna save us all, it's gonna be great, we, the, we, we saw him teased, Leopardon's coming, and I mean, as we all know, or might not know, the uh, outfit for Leopardon was stolen halfway through the first season, so all Toei could record, 
Although we had recorded of Leopardon was its finishing move, so canonically it can't fucking be killed. Uh-huh. According to like Toei's like robot bios on their website or whatever the fuck, Toei like the best one because it, we literally can't kill it. We don't have a way to kill it. <laughs> yeah, and he's all, and the vampire's weaknesses is atomic energy. No, Leoparin just fucking dies in the first panel. It just dies. Wow. It's in there for a panel that just fucking dies. I believe the emissary from the emissary from Hill, Spiderman, survives, but doesn't do anything for the entire series. Mm-hmm. And it's awful, and I hate it. And also, Spider Ham dies for no reason. And Aww. and I know you like Mayday Parker, right? You, you yeah, read yeah, Spider yeah. Girl? Oh, oh, I. No. <laughs> well, Dan Slott no. fucking oh, no. doesn't. No. No, everybody she loves is killed off horribly, and it's all oh, apparently her no. fault. And and Dan Slott rants about how great it is on Twitter, and she's just what? and she just just killed off unceremoniously. Power and responsibility. Fuck that shit. Fuck, fuck Mary Jane. Fuck Peter Parker. Fuck all this shit. And the most ironic thing about all of this, about, about fucking all of this, is that it's actually responsible for Marvel, uh, for Marvel waking up and realizing how shitty their, their, all their stuff is right now. Because there's this, uh, one, one little part of Spider-Verse called, um, Renew Your Vows. I might have talked. Oh, yeah. I, I've, I've told you guys about before. Where, um, it was, uh, this was Dan Slott's, like, magnum opus. He was gonna fool every old fan of Marvel into buying this comic. Um, it was, he said, okay, this is going to be a story where Peter Parker and Mary Jane are still married. Isn't that going to be great, guys? It's going to be great. And, and, and so it, the comic just sold out immediately. Everyone's like, oh, God, we have to sit, We want Mary Jane and Peter Parker to be together again. And they, they've got a daughter. It's probably going to be Mayday. And he, he's undoing all of this. This is going to be great. This is going to be new. No, the entire issue, there's like, so like the first two pages, okay, it's Peter Parker and Mary Jane's family life, but the baby isn't Mayday, and that kind of sucks, but at least mm-hmm. Peter Parker and Mary Jane are together. And then every single other page is devoted to uh, us showing off this universe's Avengers, which are the actual Avengers, not the shitty new ones that post-Hick... I don't remember who made the event, who was doing the Avengers after Hickman, but... Like, this, this is like, everybody's in their original costumes, it's, uh, it's a combination of the 60s, 70s, 80s Avengers, and they're all together, and it looks really cool, um, Scott and Jan are together, uh, um, Steve is Captain America with little wings, and it's all, it's really nice, and then they're all killed off because they're not cool, and then, uh-huh. and then the last few pages are Spider-Man saying, we can't be heroes anymore, this world is not for us, and Stan's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Ha! How dare you like old things? How dare you like the Marvel Universe? How dare you like these characters? I shit on them! And then the next thing is him getting back at uh, spy- uh, the superior foes of Spider-Man for being a better book than superior than the superior Spider-Man. Oh, so he essentially killed off everyone. What is wrong with this? Why is this Dan Slott guy working for Marvel if he has such contempt for comics and their fans? I have no idea. Like, he's he's been on Spider-Man for years. Fucking years! No, no one knows why he's still on there. Yeah, why do they keep him around if he keeps writing stories that totally crap on the fan base and the legacy of Marvel Comics? Yeah, and you know what the funny thing is? Renew Your Vows is the only Spider-Man comic that that sells to the like. They, it was so popular that Marvel made a miniseries out of it. It's still shitting on fans, but it's the only thing that people are buying related to Spider-Man because holy shit, Peter Parker and Mary Jane are still married. And um and it was cited as one as one of the major reasons why Marvel took a step back and said uh, everybody's read that controversial article about how um, Marvel said that they're going that they should have stopped that people that people don't want diversity in social agendas in comics. Uh. 
Like, everybody's read that. It's, it's been all over the fucking internet now. Bleeding cool, comic book reader, yeah. One of the major reasons they cite there is because Renew Your Vows is so popular. Because people want to see Mary Jane and Peter Parker married. They want to see them having a slightly okay life. They want to see Spider-Man! And we haven't gotten Spider-Man. We had Ultimate Spider-Man, which was a shitty attempt at being mm-hmm. brave and the bold, even though we already had Superhero Squad, which is pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, and also Paul Dini did a really hack job in making that. We have, uh, I mean, I guess he appeared in Avengers Assemble once. Yeah, that's well, also He was bad. in Earth's Mightiest Heroes. He was in a couple of episodes of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that was supposed to be in can with Spectacular. I mean, as much as possible, I guess. But... Like, it was supposed to be a crossover, and then, um, like, at the last minute, uh, Disney said no. We um, that, That's why J. Jonah Jameson's voice actor is still the same one from Spectacular. Mm-hmm. Like, the only person, the only thing that's changed is that Drake Bell is yeah. Spider-Man. It, uh, there's apparently a Josh Keaton print out there somewhere. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, nobody knows where it is, but, I mean, we can be pretty sure that it does exist, because everybody, because J. Jonah in Spectacular yeah. is voiced by, not, uh, by a person who's not the person who voiced him in the movies and in Ultimate. So, I mean, it's probably there. And I guess we had the Spidey Super Stories, and those those are good. Mm. Those those are those were funny, not as good as the original ones, but so basically, for me, Spider Man Homecoming was holy shit. Spider Man's good again. Yeah. Ah. Oh look, was, he's fun. Classic. Yeah, it was classic Spider Man. He was like fun. He was like a kid trying to do the right thing, despite you know having the challenges any kid would have. And, you know, he was really admirable and likable. You know, he still had that, uh, you know, complex. Like, he wanted to be part of the Avengers. Like, like he was really uh, pursuing, like, the grandness of heroism. But, you know, he go, learns his lessons at the end. He, he decides, you know, he learns what being a hero really is about and all that. Great so power comes great responsibility. Exactly. They never say that exact line in the movie, but they say. But Tony Stark does say a, like a good, like equivalent line. Like if, if, oh, if you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it. That, that was a great Tony line. Tony Stark actually said something. Yeah, good. for once you like Tony Stark in a movie. No, I did like Tony Stark in the movie, but he did piss me off. This time. <laughs> Like, I, I love the fact that Tony Stark was in the movie because he's the antithesis of everything Spider-Man represents. He's mm-hmm. got all yeah. these powers and has no responsibility. And, and they were really showing that off in the movie, I think. Yeah. Because, um... I mean, especially at the mm-hmm. beginning, you know, Stark Industries teams up with the government to clean up all the damage that, you know, the Avengers are responsible mm-hmm. for. Uh, it's like this joint business venture thing. And it's like, it puts a lot of people out of work. Mm-hmm. So... You know, he causes problems, and uh, he causes, like, more problems for, like, little guys. Classic Tony Stark being a dick. Yeah, yeah. The, entire, the entire movie's plot honestly wouldn't have happened if Tony Stark had actually taken responsibility for conscripting Spider-Man in the first place when he, wanted, uh, when he was trying to recruit people to fight Captain America during Civil War. Yeah. Like, um, Spider-Man is going around doing his thing because he wants to get noticed by Tony Stark, and he, um, and he thinks that... He's, he can he can be a, he can be a hero, and Tony's like, stay out of this shit. And Tony never takes responsibility for anything, absolutely, absolutely fucking nothing that Spidey's doing. And Spider-Man is tracks down the fucking vulture all by himself, mm-hmm. like a good little boy. Screws up Tony Stark's plans, and then Tony Stark has the audacity to be mad at him, even though Tony didn't 
take time out of his fucking day to be like, okay, kid, what's the deal? Yeah, that's the biggest criticism I've heard about, you know, Stark in the movie, which I think is really fair, Mm -hmm. is that Stark just does not communicate with Peter at all. He, like, he says that he, you know, he worked with the FBI, you know, try and, like, track down the vulture. He believed in Peter or whatever. But he never, like, really communicated with Peter and, like, let him in on the plan. Yeah. And he didn't, like, act, guide his training or, you know, be a responsible mentor. Mm-hmm. Like, he let Peter off on his own to his own devices with, like, a really high-tech power suit that he didn't understand the capabilities of. And, like, mm-hmm. how was he supposed to master that suit if he wasn't given training direction like there was just no line of communication between peter and tony at all Mm -hmm. which is where i think the movie really really like it shines to the fact it doesn't ever say with great power comes great responsibility because it's woven in through the it's woven through everything um it's also a little bit based off of this one issue of spider-man during the ditko era where a spidey is swinging around um trying to market out his services to the avengers and the fantastic four Mm mm-hmm um, he of course uh, um he, 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 he takes them both uh, them all by surprise and they and the Fantastic Four say no dude we're kind of a research team and we don't pay uh, and we're also called the Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're called the Fantastic Four for a reason and also we don't pay yeah yeah and then Peter's like screw you guys he, he's <laughs> yeah he's he's he really needs money at this point um and the Avengers are just like. No, you're not really good for our image, dude. You're kind of a menace, and he's like, "Well, fine, screw you." Mm-hmm. It's kind, of, it's, it's it's kind of like that. Nobody's taking res- um. Well, the Fantastic Four actually did take responsibility. The Avengers, led by Tony Stark, never really took responsibility for any part of Peter Parker's life. Didn't really follow up on any investigations or whatever. While the Fantastic Four, you know, actually did they, or at least Johnny Storm. Because he thought that Spider-Man was a dick. <laughs> In summary, Tony Stark is just a piece of shit. Tony Stark is yeah. a total piece of shit. Yeah. To- um. And I love that this movie was exposing him as a total piece of shit. If anybody criticizes this movie for having Tony as a thoughtless piece of shit that doesn't communicate with anybody because he's ho- thinks he's holier than thou, hey, guess what? He's always been that way. Yeah. Well, I feel like the movie doesn't actually criticize Tony for being so responsible, though. Mm-hmm. Like it portrays Peter in the wrong for, like, doing what he did and, like, almost, like, causing an entire boat full of people to sink. And it's, like, it presents Tony, like, in the right for when he's, like, they're on the rooftop and he says that line, you know? Mm-hmm. And I I feel like they, they could have gone further with, like, you know, sh- having Tony realize, you know, he was at fault as mm-hmm. well and, like, he really should have had more direct communication and be really, have been more of a mentor for this kid who, you know, has great potential, but, you know, needs direction in order to meet, reach that potential. Yeah, I, 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 what I, what I think, what I think is that either this is a conspiracy theory to make one of the more popular characters of the Marvel Universe not look bad, and there was a rewrite involved that, had, that, um, that removed certain lines or certain plot elements, because, like, the, the, um, or the movie just magically fell together into this narrative that it, that Tony Stark is a dick and Peter realizes that he's a dick and that's why he doesn't want to join the Avengers at the end. Because mm-hmm. like it, it all kind of wraps itself up into the narrative that to- that um, Peter wants to take responsibility for his own actions, wants to create his own life, 
by the end, that's the lesson that he learns from the glamorized world of Tony Stark, who's a total dick with all the power and none of the responsibility. Mm-hmm. But, of course, because Tony Stark is God, he makes you feel he's a cool exec with a heart of steel, and he also makes all of our female fans wet. Uh, yeah. We, they, I, I'm, the almighty mouse might have said something <laughs> along the lines of, No, you can't make Tony look bad! Ree! We're doing a good enough job of that with Iron Man oh, two and three. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, Civil no, War no, like, like, came like close it. to showing putting Tony in the wrong. Mm-hmm. But in that movie, our sympathies were clearly supposed to lie with Captain America anyway. Mm-hmm. But then, I guess in here, I don't know. I guess Tony is still supposed to be admirable. Because he was, like, still trying to take down Vulture with his stuff, the FBI guys in secret. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I, th- I think Tony was kind of in the wrong for everything I, I, he did. I've just reached the conclusion that MCU just doesn't know how to write Tony Stark well. It doesn't. Tony Stark has been, like, terrible in MCU <laughs> since, like... After Iron Man 1. Mm-hmm. Iron Man 2's trash. Oh, God, Iron yeah. Man 3's trash. It's so trash. I... And Civil War's amazing, because you're beating on Tony Stark for being trash. Hey, hey, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? In the original Civil War, the comic, you're supposed to side with Tony Stark, even I'm though you're a total dick. <laughs> the movie's just shitting on Get back here, me lord! The movie's just totally <laughs> shitting all over the original comic because it's bad. Civil War's yeah, bad. If you think yeah. it's not bad, then you're bad. Like, it's just totally yeah. shitting all over. It's just like, oh, 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 any, anybody who fucking agrees with the message of Civil War is an idiot. You can't have that shield. My daddy made that shield. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's totally a good idea to, to totally berate Peter Parker but never, and never back him up for anything that he fucking, fucking did because he believed in me, I'm I'm in the right, even though Aunt May got fucking shot and Peter sold his fucking marriage to the devil because of my actions. Yeah, and, I, and his life is actually shit, and it would have been better if the pro registration act had never happened. But <clears throat> I'm Tony Stark. I, I need some booze. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, and in the movie, like at the end of the movie, Stark is going to reward Peter by giving him this shiny new Spider-Man suit and induct him into the Avengers. And it's, like, a for-real thing. Like, that's his idea of, like, rewarding Peter for, like, you know, defeating Vulture. It's <laughs> like, you know, oh, let's introduce him as an Avengers member as a publicity son. When, like, he's still not ready. And, like, Peter realizes he was not ready. And so <laughs> he makes a great, mature decision. But, like, if he had not said no, like, Tony was totally going to let him be an Avenger. Yeah. You know? He's going to let this little kid be part of one of the world's greatest super... Like, they didn't allow him... To be in the Avengers until he was in college. Um, the only team that, like, like, I, I'm, if I remember correctly, the Fantastic Four said that he was too young, and the only reason they had Johnny Storm in there was because they trusted him. I've got the, I've got the friggin' pages right here. Also, a lot of, there's lots of asbestos, so I'm pretty sure that, uh, Johnny has, uh, Cancer. Oh, boy. Yay! Oh, I love cancer. oh, and um, the movie is also the best because it has the web wings, kind of, and anything that has the web wings is the best. They remembered the web wings. I I don't think any design of Spider-Man has had them outside of the original Ditko design and the um 
spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. But, I, I remember when I first saw the movie, I just whispered, they remember the web wings. They remember the web wings. <laughs> that was half the reason why I watched the movie in the first place. I was like, oh, they actually know what the web wings are. They're, they're, they're putting in the effort to put them in there, even though Marvel literally removed them because they're like, <laughs> they're hard to draw. God. We don't want them. Fuck that. The web wings are awesome. They're yeah. so cool! But speaking of theater experiences, I can't believe I keep forgetting the format of this show. Uh, we were supposed to talk about our theater experiences. And, you know, this is a movie Wheeler and I have actually seen twice. Yeah. I was going to see it twice, but then my car broke down oh, on the way. Uh... Yeah, I was going to watch it, but then oh. my uh, but then the car broke down halfway on the way to Stillwater. That, that's, uh, so I didn't get to see it again, so I just went home and watched Spectacular Spider-Man <laughs> and felt bad about myself. Well, that's a fine alternative anyway. It is, though. It was, it's good. I like it. It's a good show. Yeah. But we originally saw the film uh, on opening weekend with our cousins. <laughs> who we hadn't seen in five years, so yeah. that was very nice. And, you know, they uh, were very excited for the movie, and, it, we, you know, we got seats, like, in the front row. Uh, but, you know, it was a great experience because the movie was so enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a very passionate discussion about it afterwards in the car driving home. And, you know, they really loved it. They thought it was, like, the best Spider-Man movie they'd ever seen. And they, Aww. my, uh, my older cousin, she loved Tom Holland. She, she just thought he was the most adorable thing ever. And, uh, he was adorable, yeah, though. Was. <laughs> I didn't, I, I wasn't actually excited for him to be Spider-Man after Civil War. And then I saw Homecoming and I'm like, oh, never mind. It's, mm. it's better than Toby and Garfield. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Tom Holland in anything else except for uh, Lost City of Z, where he played uh, Percy Fawcett's son. Wait, that was him? Yeah, it was him. Oh, he had a pretty good performance. Yeah, I mean, it was more of a minor role, but yeah, Yeah. it was a pretty good performance. But uh, yeah, so he he does a great job as Spider-Man. He really feels like a kid, you know? Mm -hmm. And and he really has this great infectious energy, this likable personality. Like, he's a goof, and uh, you can't just help but you know, feel endeared by him. Yeah, and his quips are much better than they were in Civil War. You kind of feel like he's been working on them. I, now looking back on it, in Civil War, I was like, oh, I don't think they've got the good Peter Parker again, but they don't have the good Spider-Man. It's going to be Tobey Maguire all over again. <laughs> well, in this movie, it feels like there's been like a logical evolution that he's gone gotten a lot more confident in his role as Spider-Man and is a lot better at dishing out quips and insults, and mm-hmm. it feels like Spider-Man. And he also feels like Peter Parker. Yeah. And that's something the movies have never done. So would you say that Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man to oh, date? hands down. I, as much as I loved Toby and his... I loved him as Peter Parker, and as Spider-Man, he was adorable. <laughs> it's you who's out, Gavi! Out of your mind! <laughs> he just couldn't do the Spider-Man thing. And Andrew Garfield did an okay Spider-Man, but an awful Peter Parker, no matter how mm. much chemistry he had with the act. It was honestly the best part of the Amazing Spider-Man movies, but... If it was shit. Yeah, like the only good parts were the interactions between him and Gwen, and mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah. So he was technically the most enjoyable parts of those movies. So I can't hate his performance. Mm-hmm. And Tom's just—he's Gucci. He's got both down. I liked seeing him as both. It was fun. Yeah. Then 
speaking of, let's talk about the supporting cast for the movie. Because we don't have any uh, Gwen Stacy or Murray Jane or... Well, we got uh, MJ. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically we do have She's MJ. The thing is, like, when, when they originally cast, like, Zendaya, I think was her name, yeah. Yeah, Zendaya, she's yeah. Like a pop star. Yeah. But, like, uh, when they originally cast her, they did say, yeah, she's Mary Jane. I guess... Wait, Zendaya, yeah. like, she's... They cast a pop star as an anarchist, anti-establishment... What well, she's the... not really a pop star. She was, like, a Disney... She, she had, like, her own Disney show, Shake It what? Up, or whatever. Oh, she was in... Yeah, she but... She was, like, sh- the main lead of Shake Yeah, up. but Shake It Up was, like... Yeah, that still that still makes that makes even less sense. Cause, yeah, I know. Because Shake It Up is, pr- is a pretty darn corporate show about corporate things. Yeah. Because, like, she's part of, like, a dancing TV show. And, um, and here she plays, very well, very well, mind you, an anti-establishment, anti-capitalist, um, anti-everything who sits in the corner... And is angry at things and is adorable for it. Yeah, well, yeah. Disney always wants to promote its, like, big actresses, mm-hmm. teen idols, whatever. Like, she still does a show for them called, does like, she? Casey Undercover, I think. She's in that show. So, like, she, yeah, she's, like, a, still, like, one of their current, like, teen before she so. has a scandal and then they'll kick uh, her out. Yeah. Disney's but... really weird about their actors. Um yeah. I remember about a few years back, um uh, uh they, they for for some reason they try they try to make everybody think that teen stars only come from Disney because they were uh so part of a uh part of their you can be the next big actor for Disney they were talking about how you can work with stars like um somebody from I don't know if it was, uh, Sonny with a chance I think it was and Miranda Cosgrove Miranda Cosgrove yeah, yeah like 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 all like I, I thought yeah I thought it was just a fluke of, of something I heard on the radio yeah. but like at the AMC theater that we always go to they had pictures of Miranda Cosgrove on the applications and I was like. She doesn't fucking work for you. She works for Nick. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> she's never been near a Disney production. Also, I'm pretty sure she's quit Nick like Ariana Grande did. Yeah. All the all the teen yeah. stars quit eventually. Apparently, Ariana Grande Oh, uh, everybody hates yeah. Nickelodeon. I oh. mean, do you, uh, do you see their programming these days? Do you see how they treat their shows? Hey, hey, Loud yeah. House is still good. Uh, they, they, not, okay, they they might have some good shows, but they treat them terribly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. the only show that escaped the treatment was The Loud House, and nobody knows why. They still don't, like, give a structure, like, schedule for new episodes. Either. No, they don't, but oh, they never no. even knew that with Spongebob. Like, Harvey Beaks was made by uh, somebody who was... Stage Greenblatt. Yeah, yeah, he was involved. He did chowder. Yeah, he did. Ch- he did chowder. Oh, he was also involved in Rocco's Modern Life. Like, yeah, he yeah. goes way back, and he's worked on a lot of great shows. He worked on <laughs> Billy and Mandy too. Like, he's had quite a career. Yeah, and everybody at Nickelodeon, like when he went to Nickelodeon with Harvey Beaks, it was basically working among old friends, according to mm-hmm. him. And so I'm so like they treated him like uh, the executive treated him like absolute shit. But this yeah. random dude who comes out of nowhere is like, I want to make something like those Sunday comic strips I read as a kid. You know, Chris Savino, <laughs> the guy who made that show, he is responsible for the later seasons of Dexter's Laboratory, the the post revival seasons. Really, which, which guy? Uh, Chris Savino, I believe is his name. Wait, so he created Loud House? Yeah, he created Loud House. What the fuck? He made the. How did he, he get made good? those? Uh, uh, clearly excellent uh, final seasons of Dexter's Laboratory. Oh, yes. Which uh, are uh, totally uh, amazing. His Loud House style makes even less sense now because it's very, very angular with thick outlines and his later seasons of Dexter's Lab seem to do everything they could to erase Gendy's style. Yeah. 
but he, you know, he's worked on a lot of Cartoon Network shows too. He's also like an old Nick guy because he got a start on the Ren and Stimpy show. Well, I mean, Nickelodeon wants to forget that though, so it's. Uh, but he still worked on a lot of Nick shows. He worked yeah. on Rocco. He worked on Hey Arnold. Yeah. The Teenage Robot. That yeah. Was good. Baltar. Point is, he's got a bit less clout there. His show, his show got love, and Harvey Beaks just got. Shit, Harvey Beaks got cucked. Yeah. Harvey Beaks got cucked harder than Sonic Boom and Justice League Action. I mean, if that's possible. Justice League Action is still airing. Yeah, oh, not for much longer. Oh, that's true. Not hey, so so longer. like so Sonic Boom, but Sonic Boom's totally getting a season three. Oh yeah, because yeah. I'm sure like. I feel like uh, Kids whoever produces that pays that. No, so. like it, it actually was it, it, um the, it was a big surprise ratings hit for Cartoon Network because they tr- yeah they tried as hard as they could to kill it, but the but be, because people word of mouth started getting around and also th- also partially in, due to Ian Flynn's uh, Sonic Boom comics which were. Kino. It's a use the uh, four chong slang that people are using nowadays. That's a different movie podcast. Shut up. You're gonna be ripping off Monkey Joe. I love you, Monkey. Please give me a shout out. <laughs> you love me. The house was a conspiracy. I love Elliot <laughs> Rogers as much as you do. When I was really depressed in college, I was listening to your uh, audiobook of my twisted world, and people thought I was gonna shoot up the college. <laughs> Five years for Rock Hussein Obama. I fucking love you, buddy. I'm sorry at first. I thought that you were one of those Elliot Rogers, uh, um, like, apologists. You weren't. I love you, baby. Uh, um, what was it saying? Oh yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So, Song Food was like a big surprise ratings hit and got better ratings than so, um, than a lot of airings of Teen Titans Go. And everyone's like. And then the carton arms are like, how the fuck? And where so they the, renewed it for another season. Like, where are they even airing that on the schedule? Said, uh, they're like boom. I don't boomerang. Know. Oh yeah, boomerang. is it airing? Of course, boomerang? it's airing on boomerang now. And oh. uh, some and a dumping ground for shows. Cartoon Network doesn't want. Like, like they're trying as hard as they can to kill it, but the ratings are really, really good. Like the um the people who ran were running this show thought was going to be shit canned. Like. I, I, I hope everybody's seen the episode with Shadow, the finale of season one. Uh, Orbot and Cuba have a conversation at the end. Wow, I can't wait to see the unlimited possibilities we can get using the same four locations and the same eight characters. <laughs> and then they start talking about how they should start a petition to get a season two because they know it's not going to be renewed. Awesome. But it got a season two, and now Sega's actually bringing in, like, a lot of their talent from other areas, so some of the writers from Happy Tree Friends are coming over, because they were working on Sonic Colors and Sonic Lost World, Ian Flynn, and some of the other, uh, staff at Archie. Well, not anymore. Well, (coughs) fucking Archie came over. Yeah, that's that's good. Hey, maybe Justice League Action gets the same love as Sonic Boom because they're both action shows, technically, according to Cartoon Network. <laughs> maybe, maybe Cartoon Network can, can get a Spider-Man show again because Disney uh, won't fuck doesn't fucking want because because uh, Disney doesn't fucking want a Spider-Man show anymore <laughs> or Marvel shows. I, 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 I have to imagine they'll inevitably make a new one, right? New Spider-Man. Jeff Loeb yeah. uh, hates hates. Cartoons, so and he's the he's the guy in charge of uh, Marvel's uh, co- uh, cartoon division. But he he's the guy responsible for such great things as 
the editorial meddling and eventual cancellation of Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Uh, the entirety of Avengers Assemble, making Paul Dini write shitty things in um, Ultimate Spider-Man, and my favorite, everything to do with Hulk and the Agents of Smash. Oh my god, yeah. And me now. Yeah? Why why is Marvel... God. Why, why, they why they is Jeff good? Loeb in charge of this stuff? Why can't why, they make good anime? Why can't they, yeah, why, why can't they get people who are actually passionate about comics to be in charge? I, yeah, Jeff Loeb said that kids can't follow a structured storyline and that they also shouldn't have all the um, characters like Black Panther or Ant-Man because um, they weren't in the Marvel movies. Jokes what? on fucking him! Uh... <laughs> jokes on him because they're, they're, they were always planned to be in the movies and he's he just not, retarded. How do we not know that? He doesn't he, know how to he... look up stuff on Wikipedia. Yeah. No, this no one keep him informed. They're part of the <laughs> same damn company. Yeah, like, like he's just like, they aren't in the movies, so they shouldn't be part of this. No, actually, be, it's a great idea to have a show with them in there so kids can be like, so it, when the movies eventually do come out, kids recognize them and are like, oh, let's go see those movies. And let's buy all the toys. Yeah, let's buy all the toys. Yeah. I mean, I know kids weren't supposed to go see Ant-Man, but I mean, there would have been a bit more hype for it if, hey, maybe or if they'd kept Ant-Man on the Avengers. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe there'd been some hype for Age of Ultron if you know, they promoted Earth's Mightiest Heroes a bit more because they had an Ultron arc. <laughs> a whole season devoted to Ultron. And Earth's Mightiest Heroes had, like, ended long before then. Yeah, but they may, may, maybe they might have, you know, released some DVDs, uh, yeah. s- s- renewed the show because Avengers Assemble was <laughs> has never been popular outside of merchandise sales, but that's only because a Marvel doesn't, yeah. uh, like, like, Avengers Assemble it's and still it, just the Avengers, so kids recognize the characters. Yeah, what um so they don't release Avengers toys, they only release yeah. Avengers Assemble toys, so then That's Marvel and cool. Disney are like, Oh, well these shows are obviously uh-huh. a success. Look at all the toys. Of course. Well, meanwhile, nobody's actually fucking watching the shows except ironically, and act and Marvel's Disc Wars in Japan gets higher ratings. God, why don't they just bring that over? That yeah, would be way more fun. Just fucking dub it, it takes like that's not much money for that. A lot of stuff know. happened, and we're in Japan now. Cyclops <laughs> yeah. was ep- season two. <laughs> also, Dio is voicing Deadpool, oh, that's and so also it's got a lot of un- like, 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 like if, Mar- if Jeff Loeb's going to say shit like, "Oh, Pete Kagan's don't recognize characters like Spider-Man or Black so Panther because they're not in the movies." What? Fucking Marvel Disc Wars. Wasp is one of the three of the main cast. Like this is Jan. Not Jan's not in the movies, technically, and it's kids love this shit. And also yeah. in Japan, nobody knows who the Avengers are. Everybody knows the X Men, though. So, I'm sure they know now because of the movies. No, yeah, uh, but like, um, the, but in in Japan, um, the X Men are the people that yeah. everybody knows, and the Avengers are just like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> so it's. It, if the show still does well, and yeah. so maybe, maybe just maybe, kids want to see uh, good television and not, you know, just you know, not things that they see on a big screen for, for movies that are rated PG thirteen because they can't yeah. technically get into the goddamn movies. Is Guardians of the Galaxy animated show is still going. It is. I don't know. I haven't. I've heard of that shit. Yeah, I it, mean they're all terrible. That, that's the yeah. thing. That it, makes it easy. The, the one episode, the one Guardians of the Galaxy episode, is a, uh, which it, which takes place much further down the timeline in Star Lord's life, yeah. where he's like actually put together. Like, the Guardians of the Galaxy are actually like you know a space fighting force instead of just a ragtag group of idiots. 
is still a better representation of the movie Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> and the TV show one. The TV show Guardians of the Galaxy. What the fuck? Oh, and they don't even have like half the cast. All the, like the only they don't have Drax or Gamora. They just have uh, uh, uh cloak. They have Cloak and Dagger, Groot and Rocket Raccoon, and Star Lord. And somebody else that I can't remember in that episode, and still some better representation. Okay. Oh my god. Yeah, also Groot's got his regenerative abilities, and that's fucking cool. So hmm. Hulk is constantly punching away sections of Groot, and they're just growing back while Rocket's <laughs> shooting at the Hulk. And, it's, and the Avengers just standing around like, oh, this, this is happening. <laughs> and Hulk's having a blast. That's great. Then afterwards they become good friends, and uh-huh. I'm sure they're invited to poker night with the Fantastic Four, because that's actually a thing in Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yeah. It's actually a thing, and I want the Fantastic Four to be in things again. Yeah, Why can't we have the Fantastic Four again? Uh, uh, be- yeah, I, we, all we have is DMCU. That's the only good Marvel thing right now. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, unless you're reading... Um, unless you're reading the... Oh, wait, no, the Vision comics are gone. Uh... God, what is Marvel putting out that's good? I, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. Oh, is Cage, is Cage still running? The the Tartakovsky. The, the, yeah, the got Yeah, yeah. That was just a limited run comic, I think. Yeah, it was like twelve issues or something. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it's out completely by now. Yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. Yep, it's out now. Uh, well, okay. They've got nothing good. Yeah. Hey, kids, if you want to read a good Luke Cage comic, you should read Cage. Yeah. <laughs> because it's much better than any Iron Fist or Power Man comic running right now. And Tartakovsky yeah. was supposed to make it, like, five years ago, and he forgot. Oopsies. <laughs> he give him a deadline. He's like, I'll hold it off, just like I did for Samurai Jack. Hey. hey but Samurai Jack, you know, he needed, like, a go-ahead to make that uh, final season. Yeah. Moving back to the supporting <laughs> cast, Ned was a great character in this uh, film. He's based on Ned Lead very loosely. Yeah, and very, very, very loosely based off of Ned Leeds. Uh, a later introduction to uh, this. I think he's introduced after Peter goes to college. Uh, reporter for the Daily Bugle. Um, he's got a love triangle with Peter for a while. But when they're vying after Betty Brant, hey kids, remember Betty Brant? She was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canonically, uh, Peter and Betty had a thing longer than Gwen and Peter did. Uh, so, fuck all y'all. <laughs> like, it go, like, uh, yeah, uh, Betty and, uh, so, yeah, Gwen's about as, Gwen's thing with Peter's about as long as Liz's. Is. Oh, mm-hmm. so, 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 why do people like Gwen? She's barely in there. <laughs> I love her in, spe- I love her in Spectacular, but come, come, she's, she's just kind of a dick occasionally, and then they date for a while and, and then Mary Jane shows up, and that's cool, I guess. And she yeah. dies. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Ned, Ned's in here, and he's cool. He's kind of what Harry was in Spectacular Spider-Man, as in Peter Parker's dorky little friend mm-hmm. that they that pals around with him, and P- Peter helps him out with things because he's kind of technically more cool than Ned. But also... Well, I mean, Ned helps Peter out a little yeah. bit more. I mean, he's yeah. the... Guy in the chair. Like, he's yeah. the tech guy behind he's, the He's the guy in the chair. Like, in social situations, mostly. Because Peter's technically, like, got a bit more social skills. I don't know. I mean, Ned's yeah. the one who's kind of pushing Peter to, like, break out of his introverted shell. I guess he's so. He's the one who, like, tries to, like, make, start a conversation between him and Liz by, like, saying that Peter knows Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He's the one like, who, like, pushes Peter to go to the dance. Yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Ned's 
And there's a little social butterfly. <laughs> look, look at him go. He's, he's so cute. Yeah, he's a really flower. friendly, like, outgoing guy. And it's, you know, people just, like, judge him, whatever. But, like... Because he's a doofus doof and I yeah. like him. But he, he's smart, though. He's in... Not, he, well, he's he, smart and has a good heart. Yeah, he's, he's in the knowledge bowl. Like, he's he's a smart dude. Yeah. I, I love him. Everybody everybody should love Ned. Uh, best part of Mars. Best part of the flick was I thought he was he was gonna hide the Spider Man thing from him. Nope, nope. Just crawls into his room and Ned's there with the Death Star. He's like, oh, oh, you're Spider Man. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> but how do you handle that in the Stark internship? Peter's like, this is the Stark internship. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ned is asking the real questions, just like his reporter counterpart. I, lo- I love I love Ned. He's my friend. I want him in every movie. Ned, Ned Flanders, 2017. <laughs> Ned, no, Jesus Christ. Ned leaves. How did he leave Peter Parker? He's going to take Peter about love Jesus. Uh, um... I also like that um, Aunt May is kind of like a mother figure to Ned as well. We don't see yeah. any of Ned's family. I, but Ned really hangs out with Peter and May a lot. I, mm-hmm. It's I, there might be an implication there that he doesn't have the best home life, and that's why he's always around. That Ned. might be reading a little too much. Or he's yeah. really gay for Peter. Oh god, they're totally gay! Uh, they're like, totally gay! He was, like, practically naked in the same room with him. And, I mean, and May walks in and is like, uh, just put some clothes on. Yeah. You know, we're going to dinner. Yeah. It's not like, she doesn't even bat an eye. She's not like, oh, what, what were you doing? She's like, ah, I'm cool with whatever is going on here. Yeah, Ma- Ma- May's cool. I love her. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. There just seemed to be. I a love thing. the expression she makes when, like, the guy at at the restaurant like gives her like this dessert, and like Peter's like, uh, I think that guy's into you, and she's like, hmm? <laughs> she, just, she just makes this great expression. <laughs> Whoever plays Aunt May is great, and I know she's gonna get sidelined in the next few movies. Yeah, because uh, that's what always happens to Aunt May characters. But my God, I love her. <laughs> I I seem to be channeling a lot of spectacular Spider-Man Aunt May. Um, this is totally reading too much into it, but, like, they seem to have the same house rules, as in, like, the, um, but, like, one major part of Spectacular that's seen, that's kind of innocuous, that's kind of just like, oh, this is, what the fuck is that? But it's always in there, is the, uh, nine, is the ten o'clock curfew. He's, he's got the same thing. Doesn't have the same ringtone, but he's got kind of the same thing. He has to, and if he's late, he has to call Aunt May, and Aunt May doesn't take his shit like he's, he can't always be fucking late, Peter! You can't do this shit, Peter. <laughs> and, always, and she's taking a much more active role in his life, and also a little bit younger, but still struggling to do make ends meet, and also to, also pushing him to meet, meet meet new people, go to parties, meet nice girls, etc., etc. It's, it's good stuff. Some spicy stuff. Also, um, I'm since I associate Harry from Spectacular and Ned from this so closely, I I've got this theory. I've got this little theory. Everybody's got to hear me out. It's, it's all totally gonna make sense now. The Death Star Lego set. 
holy shit, the thing costs like over 500 bucks. The only way that Ned's going to be able to get that shit is if he's got rich parents. Now, as we know, Ned Leeds hangs around Peter and Aunt May like they're his real family, which means Mm -hmm. that his family might be absent and his parents might just be buying him shit to to, to, keep him occupied, which means that his dad is might be might be Norman Osborn, who did the same thing to Harry. Huh. Oh, and that might be a thing because Norman's really rich. Norman leads. That's the character now. Norman leads. (laughs) Gonna be the green goobin. (laughs) And then Ned's gonna become the green hobgoblin because 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 Ned becomes Ned leads in the comics becomes the hobgoblin. And so, since Harry becomes the Green Goblin later, sometimes, occasionally, because Marvel's weird, mm. it's gonna be the Green Hobgoblin. And he's gonna be yellow. He's, yeah. yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be yellow, just just like the Green Goblin was in his first appearance. Because for some reason, they can color the Hulk yellow in that issue, but they can't color the Green Goblin. The Hulk green, but I can't talk. The, Hulk, <laughs> the Hulk's totally yellow. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, this yellow Hulk is a part of the uh, Hulk Lantern Corps. <laughs> He, he, he thrives off of fear. I mean, there is a Red Hulk, so we might yeah. as well get a rainbow of Hulks in here. Yeah, Red Hulk, Gray Hulk, Green Hulk, a rainbow of Hulks. <laughs> spin off with the rainbows of Hulk? Where's Blue Hulk? Uh, the, he's in Hulk and the Agents of Smash. What about Pink oh, Hulk? Yeah. Uh, Pink Hulk is uh, um, so, so in, in, a, in a nice little cancelled New 52 book. Black what about Hulk? Black, That's exactly Black Hulk saying. got gunned down by the police. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> he was reaching for his ID and it just fucking shot him. <laughs> Poor Black Hulk. Oh, Black Hulk lies matter. God bless, God bless Black Hulk. Jack Kirby would stand for this. Let's go, Lindsay. Now it's time for my Randian philosophy soapbox. Oh, starring me. And also, this is going to tie into the Homecoming movie, so hold on to your patented 1960s fedora hats that, that for some reason, Ditko's really, really good at drawing. Don't tip them too early. Mm-hmm. You can totally tip them, because we're talking about Anne Rand and Atlas Shrugged and stuff, uh, that's so... True. I mean, as everybody knows, neckbeard fedora men love Anne Rand. Yeah, we better take our red pills now. <laughs> uh, so, um, so after I- so after issue about thirty eight or so of Spider Man, Ditko's original plan was in line with his Randian line of thinking was for Spider Man to become a flawless hero. The story of Peter Parker is kind of a metaphor for Steve Ditko's life, as evidenced by the fact that they look exactly the fucking same. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever seen a picture of Steve Ditko, he looks he looks and wears a lot of the same stuff Peter does. Huh. Um, uh, all of it, all of Peter's classmates are actually based off of um, uh, uh, some of um, Steve Ditko's original classmates, huh. including Wally Wood. Uh, if, if, if you don't know who Wally Wood is, listeners, he's the, um, he is one of the more influential, uh, artists for Daredevil, and also he was the, one of the most influential artists on Mad Magazine. If you've ever seen that Brave and the Bold short with, uh, um, with the Mad, with, with, a uh, Mad Bat Boy and Robin, I can't remember what they called Robin, that, that was made by Wally Wood. <laughs> Hmm. But um, and, and, and I was getting off track. Um, so, so, so it was going to be what Ditka wanted to be as a as a child. He was stumbling around responsibility, um, trying to become a better person, and he had to, he had all, all sorts of flaws and faults. 
um, much more than all, all other superheroes at the time. Like, um, e- even though Gardner Fox tried to make Batman a lot more of a realistic figure by adding in the backstory about his parents getting shot, um, Ditko... Uh, Ditko took this all a step further, and um, it made it. Peter Parker's parents were already dead, but uh, um, but now he's living with his aunt and uncle, and his parental figures, and one of his parental figures are killed because of his own direct involvement or lack of involvement, and it's his fault, thus driving him to become a better person and hmm. to protect others, etc., etc. And when Peter Parker grew up and went to college and became an adult, he was going to become a Jack Kirby-esque Superman. Um, if you've ever read um, the, um, any of Ditko's Blue Beetle or The Question or, heaven forbid, Mr. A, um, signifying the Randian, um, the, uh, the Randian saying of A is A, which means that um, black, is, uh, black is black, white is white, there's no shades of gray, um, morality is not subjective... And um, a bad thing is bad, and you can't. And good people can't do bad things. Stuff hmm. like that. He was going to become. He was become the an overman. And Lee was like, "Hey, hey, I don't want the. I, you know what? Newspapers. We've got a new breed of superhero. Uh, by Jove, we've got superheroes with super problems. <laughs> I mean, we got all these teenagers like the like the um like the Human Torch and Spider Man uh, who are relatable and just like you. We do no, no longer we're gonna have characters like Superman. We're gonna have all these characters. That you can relate to you, the reader, Excelsior. <laughs> and Ditko was like, "Oh, well, shit." And Lee's so Susan because obviously Lee's not gonna let him do anything along the lines of an overman because no, no, no. This is Spider-Man is now the poster child for the new breed of superheroes, a super problem all over the New York Times. It's fucking everywhere. I've got I've got pictures of the of the headlines saved. Um, also, uh. Um, in in the same thing, he could, uh, Lee kind of rags on Ditko. This is around the time where their partnership really started breaking up, and Ditko mm. left for Charleston forever to make a um, Blue Beetle and the Question. Well, not make Blue Beetle, just make Ted Cord Blue Beetle and the Question. Well, yeah. yeah, and he's like, "Oh, this goes against my Randian <laughs> philosophy." <laughs> now the movie, the movie's kind of interesting because. There is very, very little in the way of uh, Randian philosophy. It's actually yeah, very it kind not of black and white at all. No, it's the very much the antithesis. Um, it, it's also kind of ironic because a lot of Spider-Man villains are known for being tragic characters, but in the original comics, if you've ever read the Ditko ones, um, most of the uh, most of the uh, um, characters that like the Lizard, who be- who are good people that become bad. It's not as a direct result of their own actions, but because of the because of the results of other bad people. They're good people, and good things should happen to them. Mm-hmm. But um, but characters like the Sandman that are now known to be tragic characters, or um, Doctor Octopus, or the Green Goblin, right, Norman Osborn. they are bad. Bad things mm-hmm. deserve to happen to them. Yes, yes, they are bad people. There is no good in them. It, uh, they can't they, they can't be rehabilitated etc etc this movie really flies in the face of that from from, from moment one um, as, as you might know the villain's the vulture and he's in the first scene of the movie yeah, oh. it really does a great job establishing like Adrian Tones is like he was this 
just normal, hardworking guy who, like, looks out for his co-workers. He's trying to support a family in, like, this job he had cleaning up the aftermath of, like, the alien major, an alien invasion in the first Avengers movie. You know, that was going to be a big thing for him. Like, he <laughs> took out loans to get equipment to harvest this stuff, and the government swoops in and just takes it from him, and just, you know, he's out of work, and he's lost a bunch of money. And so he's like, you know, screw it. I need to support my family. I need to support my crew. Let's just sell this alien tech. Let's let's go criminal. Mm-hmm. Fuck the system. Yeah, and uh, and his you can really feel the um, the the togetherness of the group. They feel like an actual family. Like you can have an entire movie be about them. Yeah. Um, the characters are very very well established. You can understand um, how they work with each other, what their roles are in this group, and you can tell that most of them are very, very good people that found themselves in a bad situation. And, as is cemented later, when we find out that Liz is is the Vulture's daughter... Oh. This is a big, shocking scene in the movie. Yeah. Like, you didn't see it coming. I didn't no see it coming. No one saw it coming. I remember, yeah. like, everyone, when they see that scene, they are shocked. They are like, oh, shit. Because yeah. Yeah. you do not expect it. Because Peter is finally, like... His life is starting to pick up again because he's excited. You know, he's finally going to go on a date with Liz. He's going to the homecoming. You know, his life is getting picked up back together after, like, losing the Spider-Man suit. You know, things are going right, and it's like you're caught up in this energy and this cute montage of, like, Liz. I I mean, um, uh, Aunt May helping Peter, like, you know, get a suit, learn how to tie a tie, and, like, telling, giving him this dating advice. It's like, you know, it's so cute and fun, and then he, he walks up to the front door, rings the doorbell, and, oh shit, it's Adrian Thomas the Walter! It's Michael Keaton! Oh no! no! And he's got the friendliest smile on his face, and he's, like, just acting like a normal dad. And uh, one of the really clever things about this movie is that it establishes everybody last name except for Liz's because it, um, if you've ever seen Spectacular or you've read some early Spider-Man comics where Liz Allen's a character her last name's Liz Allen mm-hmm. and since her character in the movie is very much based off of her interpretation in Spectacular where she's much more of a brainiac um, a much more sympathetic nice character compared to in the comics where she's a very one note so nobody gives a shit about her because she's just Flash Thompson's girlfriend and Peter kind of has a crush on her at one point but then it completely goes away because he's a little bit of a sociopath because <laughs> <laughs> Dick goes weird <laughs> yeah um, I was like oh this is Liz Allen this is Liz, that, that, very nice uh, her, her father's kind of a little shithead and her brother becomes a supervillain later that's some nice stuff mm-hmm. This is how that's gonna play out. Oh, oh, it's, it's tombs! It's tombs! Run the fuck away! <laughs> yeah, and like the whole time, Peter is just like horrified. Yeah. <laughs> and, like he, even when he goes into the house, and like you know, <laughs> he takes out like a kitchen knife and is yeah. like cutting some steak and is like offering Peter some food, like, and he's, he's like, like oh. this friendly dad, and it's like it's like oh, the nicest no. dad. And I love how Tombs figures out from Peter's demeanor and from uh, and just pieces together that. Peter's Spider-Man. He's a smart, yeah. like, like, like this is a smart, down-to-earth guy. He's, he can't pull the wool over his fucking, he's like, what? Like, you, you can kind of tell, like, his, his demeanor starts to falter. He's like, what's up with this kid? What's wrong with him? Mm-hmm. He's, like, mortally terrified of me. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. You stay the fuck away, kid. You stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> <laughs> he's that's it was really good like, uh, 
Yeah, and Michael Keaton has just a great commanding presence. This was like a great performance by him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're just gotta we gotta make the Birdman joke, or we got we gotta get that out there. <laughs> it's hilarious that you know he he played a character called Birdman, and now he's literally the, <laughs> he's the Birdman. Just, yeah, he's Woo! literally next. He'll be playing Harvey Birdman in the live action oh, Harvey Birdman. Please, I I would love that. <laughs> I uh, fund it. Somebody fund yeah. it. <laughs> Make that an swim. But yeah, uh, Michael Keaton gives an amazing performance here, and it's like, uh, like he really has. The, I was not expecting to be like feel the take the vulture as seriously as I did. Like when I think about the vulture, I think of the spectacular Spider Incarnation. You know, he's like this you know scientist guy, but he's like this nibbling like, Osborne. Yeah. Yeah. You will give me the rights for my tech flight. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just like over over the top like zany guy, you know? Mm-hmm. But like here he is threatening. He is like he has a commanding presence. And like the scene in the car, like the tension is just like ugh, so thick, and like you're you're really scared for Peter, and like the conversation he has, like with him one on one in the car, and he's like, "Hey, I just saved your life. What do you say?" He forces Peter to say, "Thank you." For sparing his life. It's Holy so good. crap. What it's a, so good. God. And uh, I thought that they were going to go full, the, um, he's an irredeemable person now. It, like, the bad parts of him have taken him over, but they fly again in the face of, uh, the Randian psycho, the Randian philosophy of, uh, of Ditko's original comics by having him in the end um, seeing the good, uh, seeing where he went wrong, seeing what he, uh, seeing good parts of himself in Peter. And sticking up for the guy, and at the end, they're just, at the end of the movie, after the big, after the, a big, big fight scene, he's just tried to kill Peter, they just lie down together in the sand, and they just kind of start giggling, and start shooting the shit for a little bit, and then Spider-Man ties him up, and he's got this little Beetlejuice grin on his face, when the cops, co- when S.H.I.E.L.D. comes to take him, he's just like, Mm. Yeah. And it looks like he had some input in the letter that Spider-Man wrote, and then in jail, they're like, oh, why we we know that you know who the Spider Man is, and he's like, I'm "Fucking tell you, who's the Spider Man? I, I don't know. I if was I out. knew he'd already be dead." And yeah. then he goes off to see his family. You know, mm-hmm. he's perfectly content with like the situation. You know, he lost yeah. big, but Peter saved his life. He respects that. Like he has an honor code, and you know. For, protecting his family is more important than him. And like you know, by saving his life, you know, Peter. You know, still kind of helped out his family too. Yeah, they would have been devastated if he had died. They really wouldn't have had anything. Yeah, he realizes that he went very, very much too far and put his own life in danger, thus putting his family's livelihood in danger. He already ruined his family's reputation. The least he can do is realize that Peter is trying to save his family and himself. So we're gonna do some good shit. Yeah, he was a great character and a great villain. Like, I think that the Vulture was probably one of the best villains in the MCU so far. I right. mean, yeah. uh, who compares? Like, Iron besides... Man, because you hate him. <laughs> yeah, Iron Man. God, yeah, yeah, Iron Man's a villain protagonist. That's true. Oh, Fuck so... Iron Man. God, I can't actually think of any villains that were legitimately sympathetic in the same way the Vulture was. Bucky Barnes, not entirely. I mean, you, you, you don't feel 
um, sympathy for him as a villain because of him as a character, but only because of what he was. Yeah, here he you, was manipulated. Mm-hmm, here you feel sympathy even though he's a very, very horrifying, scary thing, doing terrible things to people. You still feel sympathy for him the entire time, because he got fucked over royally. This is, uh, kind of this, uh, okay, what was, um, not Civil War. There was this, uh, there's this one other, um, it's kind of like, uh, um, Loki for President in an odd way. It has, if anybody's read Loki for President, it's pretty damn good. And if you think it's, oh, it's anti-Trump propaganda, no, it's fucking not. Well, um, but it does mock Trump occasionally because it, it, it's, it's just, it, it's, it's showing how the, men, the mentality of how a person like Loki or Trump can be elected. But anyways, we're not going to talk about that real world politics. It's, uh, kind of like Lo- uh, Loki for president. It shows the real effect that the Avengers battles have on people and how mm-hmm. Tony Stark refuses to take any fucking responsibility because Lo- uh, Loki becoming president is the aftermath of the Avengers not taking responsibility for a battle that happens in New York. The corrupt politicians taking the money, and the people not being the people being left in the dust. Mm-hmm. This is kind of what happens in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah, the Avengers throw money at a thing, and the government kind of takes control of um, takes control of the situation. Even the um the um even though they hired some private contractors, they. They, they they hand the entire thing over to a, um, a higher power because they don't want to deal with it. Shield's gonna pay for it, not us. Fuck you guys. Right, that'll yeah. turn out well. Yeah, yeah. and that doesn't turn out well. <laughs> and you and in one situation you get uh, you get Loki as president. In this situation, you get the Vulture. Mm-hmm. Also, also Loki for president was written by the guy who writes Doctor McNinja, and I like his work, so support him. Okay. Awesome. The, the art's kind of shit, though. <laughs> I'm not sure if the... I, 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 some other artist did it, but yeah, he's got good writing. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Oh, oh yeah, also... also, I'm, I'm, This is more, more, cons- more Randian conspiracy theories <laughs> with J. Lou. <laughs> Iron Man. Uh, Iron Man is somebody that uh, Peter really, really looks up, looks up to. He might even be the kind of person that Peter wants to grow up to be. He might be the kind of person... Well, he literally says that he yeah. wanted to be like Tony. So. Yeah, he might be. Um, if we might interpret this as a young little Steve Ditko trying to grow up to be the, uh, trying to grow up to be the great Mister A, where A is A, and there's um there uh, it, it's there's it's kind of peppered in the movie in that Peter Parker uh and and that uh and that Peter Parker going off on his own and disobeying authority is wrong. That is absolutely wrong. It is always wrong. He has disobeyed authority. That is wrong, according to Tony Stark, of course. Um, who really doesn't, you know, he, he, who doesn't you know, do anything nice in the entire movie. And I don't think he actually felt any remorse for anything that he did. I, do, I didn't feel any genuine, nah, any he, emotions he for anything. He did it. That yeah. was not how he acted at all. Yeah. Um, he, he, uh, Peter Parker was in the wrong for feeling sympathy for the vulture. He's in the wrong for feeling all these different kinds of moral shades of gray. Well, Tony Stark, he just, you know, throws money at problems. He's, he's got, a, he, he operates on a higher plane. He, he, he looks at the bigger picture. He knows what's best. Mm. A very Randian style of thinking, as in that's pretty much the plot of Atlas Shrugged. Oh and, shit! Tony yeah. Stark is Elliot Rogers' father! Oh god! He, he could solve the problem with his teenage protege by throwing money at oh, him! No! Oh god! Oh god! Loki needs to read some Spider-Man comics now! Mom, Kate! 
I'm exposing conspiracy. Peter Parker did nothing wrong. Corey in the house. Corey in the house. the house team song. Corey the house is an inside job. I, for one, can't wait for the diary of a supreme gentleman. Yeah. Oh, God, it's going to be so great. It's gonna be so great. I to- um. I also, one thing I want to know is, d- did Mumkey ever read the original Fun Brain comics? I have no clue what he's comics never- Mumkey has read. Uh, like, he, I'm he, he sure says- someone like Endless Jess would have. Endless Jess. Endless Jess is a guy who I know is like super into comics and has read a ton. No, like Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Like uh, oh, I know Mumkey's oh. super into Diary of a Wimpy yeah. Kid, but he's never mentioned the Fun Brain comics once. I don't know. Which is kind of baffles me, because I'm like, if you're, if you're a really big fan, I know you are. You do these weird, deep psychological analyses of Greg, and all, and you, you're making a, an enti- you're, you're, you're transcribing the entirety of my twisted world into a fucking a wimpy kid. Every word for word. Word for word recreation yeah. is a dire week. Of a wimpy kid. Book. That's some dedication. Like, have you ever read the original webcomic? No. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's, good. that's the thing. But yeah, um, it's it seems to be kind of flying in the face of no. There's moral shades of gray. There, bad things can happen to good people. Good people can do bad things for good reasons. The ends sometimes justify the means. It's, it's kind of kind of in the way that Spectacular Spider-Man did. Why this? Is this movie deeper than we all realize? Is this going? Is this uh, fighting against some of the uh, more Rand- Randian philosophy that has arisen in uh, in our troubled times, where a- where A is A, Trump is Hitler, um, the left is Hitler, Fox News is Hitler, everybody's Hitler, everything's bad, nothing's good. This is the movie we all need. I would believe that if. Tony Stark was portrayed as in the wrong. But yeah, like, but he's not portrayed as in the wrong. They were thinking. Yeah, but he's portrayed. But I mean, it might also be a might might also be connecting to the idea that Ditko believes that A is A, mm. and it, it's kind of in the way that like um, since Stanley and Ditko beat um, like it just kind of kind of uh, balance each other out so that certain so that both philosophies don't look wrong. And both interpretations, uh, like a um, like a more conventional modernist approach to philosophy and, and a Randian approach to philosophy in the Sp- original Spider-Man comics, isn't theoretically wrong. This movie might be the most intelligent, most interesting conversation piece about our times today and the philosophy presented in Spider-Man and all of Ditko's work. Wow. Or not? And, and this yeah. is just this is just me coming up with bullshit. Also, uh, it's an interesting analysis. I think uh, Iron Man is just cock. Uh, yeah, Iron okay. Man is just cock. Fuck him. That's probably the message of the movie. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's the message of the movie. A, um, a is a, um, a is only A when it refers to Iron Man being terrible. Yeah. <laughs> His comics are not good, and he is not good. <laughs> Fuck him. Although he, although the new Iron Man is worse. Can we have a Civil War 2 where it's just Captain America? There is a Civil War 2! It's terrible! It's so bad! No, like, uh, Captain Marvel MCU Civil War 2. Was Captain Marvel ever good, though? Outside of when she was drunk? I don't know. I I like like some of her stories. Yeah, like, she's got some good stories, but mostly only as Miss Marvel or in Earth's Mightiest Heroes. That's my my opinion, anyways. I haven't read much good stuff with her as 
Captain post drunk Captain Marvel. I guess. I mean, I don't remember the last one I read what Ronan was, but you know, I I like Carol Danvers the character. Yeah, she's I I personally find her comics counterpart to be a bit more bland. Mm-hmm. Like I find it to be a bit more Tony Stark light, whose characteristics got eroded when Marvel tried to push a Wonder Woman mm-hmm. because. For some reason, I guess they don't have Sue Storm or um, Storm or, or or anybody anymore, so they gotta push. Oh no, because those are part of teams that uh, the movie rights are tied up with Fox, so they don't want to care about those. Yeah, Just so give all your movie rights back to Marvel and Disney. Yeah, so the, so since the Scarlet Witch is usually a more feminine character, they needed somebody who's a strong female. Yeah. The strongest female. We got the Wonder Woman. She's the as as her as her latest run said. She's the world's most popular and greatest superhero. With some, but there's some dumb cis males who say that she's not good and she's got a battle against the hate and prove that she really is the world's most popular superhero, even though in a normal world she's a C-lister. <laughs> Okay. She's less popular than the Blue Beetle. Yeah. And that's the Dan Garrett Blue Beetle. Oh, oh that's a burn. That, that is a burn. Honestly, though, more people know who Dan Garrett is than they know who the fuck Carol Danvers is. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah, well, as Captain Marvel, anyway. Somebody has seen her in um, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, I guess. Yeah. I think she was in Avengers Assemble once, but she looked awful. No one watched that. Show. I think she was a cast member of Avengers Assemble. Yeah, oh, no, but nobody likes Avengers. That's true. Yeah, that's just shit. It's it's so shit. I, I they they use literal clip art for some of the fight scenes. It's bad. Oh, yeah. Ooh, we're dragging <laughs> this kid. We're dra- they're dragging Hawk across the screen. No, blood, no, Falcon. Fly. This is a DC. Dragging across the screen. This is kill a kill now. Except not clever or funny in how it uses limited animation. Yeah, and also the backgrounds are actually photos instead of actually hand-drawn, like in Kill a Kill. Yeah. Ooh, because we're so fucking lazy, we can't even draw our own backgrounds and we just take photos off of Google Images. <laughs> I thought Eric Radomski was working for us. Uh, why is why can't we just have him paint something? That is that is laziness. Oh god, they're so lazy. This is why the MCU is the only good part of Marvel, because it's the only part that Marvel's putting any fucking effort into. Yeah, just just go hide in DC Rebirth until Marvel Comics becomes good again and realizes that they should have a Spider Man ongoing like homecoming because it's good. It's good. Yeah. And they they should have some I don't know, good comics. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's fun, also, also fun, fun fact, fun fact, fun fact for all you kids out there. Um, there was once upon a time, there was a, you know, back, you know, back uh, when One More Day was being released and shit, and Civil War was happening, we had this nice little ray of sunshine called Marvel Adventures Spider-Man, where Peter Parker was in high school, and it was really, really cute, mm-hmm. and it was nice, and he had this girlfriend that could talk to animals called Chat, and and it was really cute and adorable and it was really fun and everybody loved it and once they played baseball with Galactus and wow. it was so fun and once he tied once he fought the X Men and then they all went out for pizza afterwards and it was <laughs> cute. We don't have that now. We we all we have is we all we have is Homecoming. So I, I guess this is kind of like what Marvel Adventures Spider Man was during the one more day thing. So, so, to, to people who like Spider-Man, so, so, you have that now. 
Should we just go back to the 80s and 90s with Spider-Man and his amazing friends? And there, there was some pretty okay Spider-Man comics that weren't Clone Saga then, too. So, yeah, I mean, yeah sure. Let's let's go back <laughs> to the 80s and 90s. Woo! I think I Ooh, own part of Clone Saga. Again. I, I still have to read that, those Clone Saga comics. Yeah, 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 you got those from, like, Oh, Clone. yeah. Yeah. You got those from Where the are those, uh, anyway? Uh, they're I probably... put them with the other Oh, superhero okay, comics. I'll burn them later. What? You're supposed to read them! It's, then you burn them! It's funny when a television show meant for kids does the Clone Saga better. If anybody wants to read a good Clone Saga, watch the Spider-Man 90s cartoon. It's cringy, it's not very well animated, and Peter Parker can't actually punch because reasons. It's not actually that good, no matter what your nostalgia says, but it's got a, it's got a pretty good Clone Saga. It's also wow. better than Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, God, it's better than it's like, it's like not that bad when it comes to Venom and the Clone Saga, yeah. and it has a great carnage. But it's not that good of a show on the whole. I barely also has a better Spider-Verse than Spider-Verse. <laughs> where Spider-Man meets some of his alternate universe counterparts. I mean, they're just like random knockoffs. Like mm-hmm. one, yeah. one with Dr. Octopus arms, one with metal. But still a better Spider-Verse! Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Gee. Thanks, 90s Spider-Man. <laughs> so Stan Lee narrates occasionally. Oh, that's awesome. Excelsior. Yeah, so they don't have Peter Parker working, uh, his newspaper job, mm-hmm. probably because, like, in the movie canon, he's supposed to be working the Stark internship. Yeah, and also so. there's a, it, also it's the information age where something like taking photos of Spider-Man, it, 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 it's kind of lampooned in here in that Spider-Man's sort of an urban legend, and people yeah. are like, and people see him around, and they're like, hey, that's Spider-Guy! Hey! Do a flip! <laughs> and he does a flip, and they're like, whoa! It was great. It was uh, um, if anybody's was read that uh, the post, uh, uh, if anybody read post Gail Simone Batgirl, which was fucking awful, it's that done well. Awesome. Uh, if anybody's read that, it's a Batgirl for the information age. Hashtag mm. Batgirl. Wow, an information based superhero. Yeah. Uh, Twitter. Wow. Uh, this, this isn't done well. This is what would actually happen in real life. Great. People just people just want him to run their groceries and ask him to do flips occasionally. <laughs> this movie um, had cast some regu- uh, some characters as my uh, like characters are normally like wise minority characters. Yeah, and a I very give a diverse shit, cast. Very it, diverse cast. Like very normal about it. Mm-hmm. And but they but they but 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 contrary to what Marvel usually does, is in shit over the original incarnations. They called attention to their original incarnations by having shit like Ned, who in this version is um, is Asian instead of white. He had they have in his original costume. Mm-hmm. It was great. It's for, for, at the homecoming dance, he, he's in his original costume. That's this pretty nice, nice nod there. Good, good job, guys. <laughs> ten, ten out of ten. You, you care more about the source material than anybody at Marvel. <laughs> yeah. And if anybody gets mad about MJ being, uh, there, there's been some contra- like- He's a fun enough character. Yeah, she's a fun character. Like, I enjoyed her as a character. I didn't know she was going to be Mary Jane because I didn't pay attention to the homecoming leaks because all I heard was people saying that this was, that it was betraying some race or something because that's all people talk about when it comes to movies nowadays because everything's really, really political. And now, man, I'm just like, I'm just gonna watch the movie. I was legitimately surprised that that was MJ and I was like, oh, (laughs) she's awesome. I like her. You turned to me (laughs) in the theater and you're like, what? What? <laughs> was like, face the tiger till we hit the jackpot. She's a good character. <laughs> you don't like her? Then fuck you. She's also closer to the comic incarnation than the Tobey Maguire Mary Jane because mm-hmm. she's a fireball. 
I like her. She's yeah. cool. Uh, I love her. This is a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I do have some loose ends that we didn't talk about before we wrap up. Oh. I just want to talk about, uh, so, I guess, Flash Thompson, just briefly, because they completely changed his character. Yeah, they did. He's a uh, part of the debate team. He's not a jock, because I guess the school that Peter is going to in this it's movie is for this... For gifted people. Yeah, it's for really intelligent kids, <laughs> so I guess they thought it wouldn't make sense for like just a regular jock character to be in the school. Yeah. So they just made him like this arrogant asshole-like guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had some like fun scenes, but he also was like kind of this spinely little bully that was you know, you couldn't really take him that seriously, but I don't think that you were really meant to anyway, so Yeah. They took a um they, they took one of two routes that they really could have with Flash Thompson as a real character. Because mm-hmm. in the year of our Lord, twenty sixteen, we all know that m- most jocks are actually pretty damn okay people. And they're usually the yeah. nicest people in schools. Yeah. Um like uh the, the, like like it it may not be the case at your school, but like on fucking 4chan, I hear a lot of the time, just like, why do people always say that jocks are mean? They're always nice to me. And I hear this shit on R9K, where they're all, like, gas the normies. <laughs> and, like, jocks are the epitome of what normies are. But they're like, no, they're pretty nice oh, people. Like, two, my roommates, like, last year, two of them were, jo- like, hardcore jocks. I'm like, they're super nice people. Yeah, they're usually, like, pretty nice people. So, yeah. um, you could take the spectacular Spider-Man route of having um, Flash Thompson being a uh, total douchebag. But most of the people around him are actually okay people that are just kind of indulging in a little bit of fun against with Puny Parker, but, like, at the end of the day, they'll stick up for him. Mm-hmm. Um, or they can go the route of this, and that Flash Thompson is more of a conniving weasel. And it, um, cause, but as you, in a more realistic situation, which is, like, 90s onwards, after intelligence stopped being viewed as a horrible thing for kids to have in schools, because that, that was a thing until the 80s or something, according mm-hmm. to my mom. We can't have them do accelerated math. <laughs> we like the sports. Um, it, it's, it makes, um, smart people in schools are a lot of the time the assholes. Like, yeah. that, it's... It, they're, they're, um, in my experience anyways, they're usually the bullies, they're usually the people that are going to be doing terrible things. So, that's, if you're gonna be realistic, that's the way Flash Thompson's gotta be. Yeah. But yeah. he had some fun, uh, trolley lines, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and the elevator was like, uh, hey, can I be the one to tell Peter that he's expelled? <laughs> and then I love the detail that he ruined his date for the homecoming because they went to this restaurant he was like, you know, this dish was not served right, so I had to yell at the waiter. Yeah. And it's like, date is like, oh god, what a, why am I with this dude? Gosh, damn it. You don't milk you, this fresh. That was not and then, fresh. And then Peter steals his car and he's like, uh, that's my father's car? And it's like, <laughs> it's like oh, don't worry, I'll return it five. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> like, my, oh, my car. <laughs> Oh, God. Is, so, it, there was, was going to be a scene in the James Cameron Spider-Man movie where Spider-Man stole uh, um, Flash Thompson's car. Mm-hmm. And also, where he went to fuck Mary Jane and um, on a bridge and tied her um, up and was talking about spiders and their mating rituals. James Cameron's wait. Spider-Man movie was a fucking trip. Okay. The spider condom. <laughs> 
That would have web holes. No, actually, no, actually, he impregnated her with spider babies. I'm out of here. Oh, I give up. No, hey, hey, it's I not. Like, it's not worse than how the comics treated Gwen by retroactively having her fuck the Green Goblin and uh, having I, her and having her have uh, Green Goblin babies and then having those babies come up. after Peter Parker. I quit the internet. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, please. Is weirder than any hentai ever. Yeah, uh, Marvel really doesn't like Spider Man. They really don't like. They don't, they like, don't like their mascot character. Yeah. So like this is so uh, Gwen Stacy originally was kind of a dick, but um, but people remember her like for people who read um the death of Gwen Stacy stuff. They remember her fondly for uh, how she was um, when they were to get when they were together, and she was a great character. And then she died. And it sucked. Yeah. Um, Marvel, in case you guys, in case you people don't know out there, uh, they retroactively released, a, they were going to have an arc where, um, the, uh, where Gwen Stacy, uh, um, apparently had kids that she hid from Peter, um, that were Peter's. That was gonna be a thing. And, I mean, that would have been kind of out of character and weird, but it would have made a slight amount of sense. But no, 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 Marvel editorial's like, no. Oh, we gotta make this better. How about she was fucking Norman Osborn on the side? Uh, and now in the comics, she and Harry are also really good friends too. Like, uh, like she before they become before they become friends with Peter Parker, she and Henry, Harry are like really, really are just best bros. So this is really, really weird. And so the, yeah. it's really weird. And the page that has it is like um her is uh her. Norman standing over her naked body, and he's like got his weird little grin. And then it changed. In the next panel is him dressed as the Green Goblin, doing the Green Goblin grin, and I'm like, Ugh! yeah, <laughs> what, what? Uh, comic what book? What were they thinking? Oh my god! Uh, welcome to comic books, where Marvel's best-selling, most recognizable character internationally is treated like absolute shit forever and ever, <laughs> and is sidelined. For and that is now being sidelined for Miles Morales, a character that has not gotten any development in his ten years of existence. So more more than ten years. Wow. F- fucking get on that Marvel. Make make me care about make make me care about make me care about him. If you're gonna have him as a headliner, even in the new Marvel uh, retro thing, because like they don't have Spider-Man, Peter Parker's head on there. They got Miles' head on there. Make me care about him outside of the fact that he's black. And yeah. Hispanic, please make all your comics good. Yeah, make 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 Marvel great again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Need, to, need to print that on a hat. Okay, I would love to print that on a hat, and would love to wear a Loki for President shirt with it too. And then it would it would confuse people because that would be mixed messages, and they'd be <laughs> like, "Oh, then are you the conservative or are you the liberal? Because that is what we think about when it comes to comic taste. <laughs> oh, no. Homecoming. Homecoming is a nice little break from all of that. There is no agenda. There is no Marvel being bullshit. It is just fun, 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 and also lots of great action. And it's, it's not as bouncy as spectacular, but it's very bouncy. Yeah. Wasn't it enough is. web-sling, though. I don't know. He, there was this entire scene where Spider-Man was swinging across the city, and it was uh, pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, like I, I wanted the cool. I, I wanted to, um, like it was really funny when he stole the car. Yeah. But it would have been cool if there was the small web slinging action sequence, like there is in Spectacular. Like a lot of times, Spectacular when he's swinging through the buildings, and that uh, is going super fast. 
Well, there was the sequence where he was running through the neighborhood and crashing into everything. Yeah, that was fun. That was yeah. great. Like, like, <laughs> oh, and and oh, and and I love how um his his they they have him not being a seamstress because uh, he, he was a seamstress in the original one. That's how he made his costume. But they have a but they have his uh the co- his handmade costume being the costume that he wore to fight Crusher Hogan in the first issue of Spider Man. When he was trying to win that prize money as a masked wrestler, man, and that was cool. <laughs> that, that was really that was a really nice touch. It was it would be kind of like if movie Tony Stark started wearing the original Iron Man suit that they always have in the fucking background, but they never actually use. Not even in Iron Man three, where the whole plot is, oh look at all these Iron Man suits, and Tony Stark can't use Jarvis. Hey. Yeah, Iron Man suit. The original, oh, original. original. Jarvis isn't in there. It's just a suit. Go analog. Go, go analog. Fuck. That requires Tony Stark to be an intelligently well-written character. Yeah, I, I love I love how in that movie with the um when you see all these Iron Man suits flying away, the background is still the same as it always is in every movie where you can see um the evo- like so the the um the original gray Iron Man suit, the gold recolor for the Avengers. The shell, the shell head design, then the '90s one where he has like those little horn things, hmm. like and those those never show up in the movie. But look at all these multicolored ones. Buy them at your local toy store. <laughs> it's as well written as the random panic panic attacks Tony Tony Stark gets in the movie, and they never address it. If you guys don't like the way the MCU is going, well, you should watch Spider-Man: Homecoming, unless you're a fucking racist and think that Mary Jane being the way she is is bad. Because yeah. if you actually care about that, then you're the kind of person that totally thought that Rogue One was a metaphor for Trump. Because there were people like that. <laughs> Obviously, Rogue One was a metaphor for abortion. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. This is, we <laughs> need some... <laughs> Who gets that message from? Random, why don't you watch that? He, oh, he, he, he makes some really convincing points. Dude, fuck, fucking Milo Yabba-Dabba-Doo started a whole thing about... Like, I actually oh enjoy God. Milo's stuff sometimes, and sometimes I agree with his stances on things, like, especially against identity politics. But then he launches a campaign against Rogue One, and I'm like, Yabba-Dabba-Don't, Milo. <laughs> it's, it's Milo Yiannopoulos. The joke is that... Yeah, his I wrote name an entire uh, South Park spec script about him. Yeah. Oh, that's the one you said. Oh, yeah. That'd be hilarious. That'd be hilarious. I want to read that sometime. Yeah. I I have it. I can show you to it after we're done here. Oh my gosh. But there is one last subject regarding this movie that uh, I feel we need to address, and that is they don't explore Spider-Man's origin story, and more (laughs) importantly, they never once in the movie bring up Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben! <laughs> and I've heard criticisms of the movie that because they don't really get into that aspect of Spider-Man, like the guilty feels towards that, like their mixed messages and what his motivations are. He reads more shallow because it seems like he is just trying to be like a hero for the glory and fame rather than, you know, to help out his aunt and like to make up for like the mistake he made that cost Uncle Ben's life. And I just wanted to know what your opinion uh, was would be of that criticism. It's made clear from the very outset that Peter is very much missing his father figure and that he had one in his life. It, it, it was shown in the trailers with Peter hugging Tony Stark. Like, Tony Stark has become uh, Peter's Uncle Ben. Yeah, and he sure tries to figure. Yeah, he tries to live up to Tony Stark's glory. And when that And when Tony Stark fucking abandons him, he goes back to the tried-and-true method of with great power comes great responsibility. He... 
I feel a lot like kind of like in the first episode, the first few episodes, spectacular. The first entire season is spectacular, where Ben is barely mentioned, mm-hmm. um, and they don't give the origin story until the Venom episode. Um, it's it, it you can feel Uncle Ben's presence without him actually being there, like Peter's relationship with Aunt May, the way Aunt May acts about dating relationships, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It feels like she's overcompensating in the movie, like she's trying mm-hmm. to present herself like she's fine, you know, yeah. and she, so she's outgoing. She has this like energetic personality and she's humorous, but like during the scene where Peter comes home after like the boat incident and she's like all worked up and she looks like she's been crying and she's been extremely worried and she's like really angry and emotional yeah like you can tell that you know she has she was scared Mm -hmm. like she was gonna lose someone again yeah she felt a lot like she did in spectacular where it um so it, it, it um people who are kind of into spider man probably know that like uh uncle ben was peter's best friend um, Peter Parker didn't have much friends growing up, um, outside of, in Spectacular, uh, Gwen and Harry, and in this one, Ned Leeds. Um, so, Uncle Ben was kind of like, he was his friend and confidant, uh, he bought him all his science stuff, and they, they explored everything together. And it feels a lot like Aunt May is really trying to, um, be Uncle Ben for Peter Parker, like, taking him out to eat at the same place. Like, they have, like, special nights for things. Mm-hmm. Um, she she, buy, uh, she buys him all sorts of cool toys, and it, engage, and it d- tries to indulge in every single thing that he does. She's trying to be both the... Uh, I, 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 she's trying to be what Ben was to Peter, while not being Uncle Ben at the same time. And uh, P- Peter stands towards helping the common man, um, just doing all, all the... Um, trying to help every everybody... No matter what, go uh, always trying to save, like 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 instead of going after the bad guy, he'll try to save the he'll try to save the people that got caught in the uh, collateral damage. Mm-hmm. Um, it it really feels like he's trying. He he doesn't like it, it, when um when when the deli was blown up. It was really reminiscent of. It it felt to me like Peter was having little Uncle Ben flashbacks of. Oh no! Somebody yeah. that I love is dead, and it's my fault because I couldn't stop them in time. It, it, it really felt like he was about to lose every. It, it, you just just feel Uncle Ben in the movie. He's to, it's totally there, and you can see that Peter's trying to project Uncle Ben onto Tony Stark, but it doesn't pan out at all. Mm-hmm. Tony Stark's a shit. He makes you yeah. feel. <laughs> so you don't think they needed to make it more explicit. They really didn't, and I'm glad that they didn't. It was a lot less heavy-handed, and it, it, especially in today's climate where everybody's, where everybody's like, oh, ha-ha, Uncle Ben! Oh, I'm so funny! Wow, I'm hilarious! Yes, I'm, I'm original, guys! It, it, it kind of, like, a... a it's uh, do, do, uh, especially after uh, Batman versus Superman with the whole Martha thing. <laughs> oh, we yeah. really don't Martha! need mommy and daddy issues being explicitly stated. Mm-hmm. It's getting annoying. It's getting obnoxious, and it would have given people a lot of fodder for sending out obnoxious tweets. So memes. bad memes. We we don't need that. <laughs> Although I did see this one funny post by a Twitter guy who um, role plays as Uncle Ben. It's like, only fu- oh my fucking god, this is the third goddamn time I've been killed, guys. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, that made me laugh. That's great. But other than that, it was great. A- anybody who thinks that Uncle Ben's not in there, I mean, just 
You're not you're not digging deep enough into a movie that's meant to be kind of taken at face value, guys. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> wow. Yeah. He's totally there though. I'm I like, agree. Yeah. yeah, I I did not have a problem at all. I felt I definitely felt like that was still an aspect of Peter's character and I was driving him. Mhm. Maybe Ned is this was Uncle Ben all along. <laughs> he was the real Uncle Ben. <laughs> Uh, Ned will get killed in the second movie, and uh, Peter will become the legendary Super Spider-Man. Yay! He'll become Ben Riley Super Scroll <laughs> Spider-Man 2066 Punisher Hobgoblin. He's <laughs> gonna protect the innocent and also bang a bunch of women because that's what Peter Parker does. Because he has a really interesting love life. If anybody thinks this, if anybody's like, why does Spectacular have all these women characters that Peter's hitting on? Because Peter's a no, that's because That's because Peter's a total thought, and those are all characters that he had romantic relations with in the comics. Like, in the first 20, in, in, in like the first like 15 issues, like, those are all characters he had a thing for. Especially mm-hmm. Betty, who was canonically an adult. Peter should just have a daily schedule of who he's gonna cuck. Yeah, yeah, he totally should. I, today I'm gonna cuck Ned, and then I'm gonna cuck Harry, and then I'm gonna cuck Flash, and then I'm. No, wait, Mary Jane isn't dating anyone. I'm gonna cuck Mary Jane's aunt! No, no. Mother! I don't know, I can't. Was, is is Miss Watson her aunt? I can't remember. I'm going to travel back in time and cuck Uncle Ben. Hey, ever read Trouble uh, by Mark <laughs> Miller? Oh, that's kind of what happens. Yeah. Oh, boy. Who doesn't love Mark Miller when he's not writing Superman uh, or Huck? Because that was good for some reason. Fuck you, Mark Miller. <laughs> Fuck you. You're bad. Only Stop writing the art fi- of Frank Miller. No. Frank Miller Why? is a genius. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. We got, uh, too much pink energy is dangerous. Gotta remember that because that's the power of the Muslims. Take uh. everything gold. Green Lantern can't hurt you anymore. Why is the only color besides um, black and white in Holy Terror pink? Is this because the Muslims have harnessed the power of pink energy and Zordon was right all along? <laughs> Zordon was warning us of those Quran worshipping <laughs> Sand people. God damn. He was killed. He was killed for our sins. It wasn't. It wasn't Lord Zed. It was righteous Jihad. Lord Jihad. Lord Zed worships Allah. I apologize for any for anything bad I'm saying. Oh yeah, I forgot to talk about the time uh, in the movie where they're kind of evoking imagery of issue thirty three of it. Like, like I know I'm pulling out issues off the top of my head here, but this is like these are like actually famous issues of when Spider Man is trapped under a bunch of rubble and through this, and through um, the thoughts of his family and friends and the responsibilities that he has, he breaks free of the of of the master planner Doctor Octopus's sinister m- collapsing trap. And it's really, really cool and powerful, and I think they kind of evoked imagery of that in the movie. But with, uh, but with different kinds of scenes, and it's more like him realizing that Tony's a dick. <laughs> and that he should probably rely on his own responsibility. I mean, like, he's using, taking Tony's words, but using, but using them for good instead of what Tony wanted. Because Tony's yeah. a fucking dick. 
Fuck Tony Stark! That's what you should take away from all of this! Yeah, that's the message of this podcast. Yeah. Tony Stark is awful. Spider-Man is great. Spider-Man Homecoming was awesome. This is a great movie. This was a great podcast. As insane as it went. Where can the good people find you? Um, people can find me at uh, Valiant at uh, twitter.com. Vlord, where can the good people find you? Um, they can find me on Twitter at VlordGTZ. That is V-L-O-R-D-G-T-Z. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just slurping around there. Might be talking about Joe Jerkonan or something. Or the latest um, Twitter controversy. Yes. And uh, also making fun of my comments whenever I post anything. <laughs> It's not every time. It's every time I've ever time. posted a comment to somebody's tweets, you track me down. I thought that was Facebook. No, no, that's on Twitter. Really? Yeah. I don't remember the last time I added you, aside from, like, yesterday when about the IDW Sonic thing. No, like, uh, whenever I post a comment on anybody's tweets, you comment afterwards and start arguing with me. I thought that was Facebook, though. Huh? Not Twitter. No, no, you didn't. You don't use your Twitter that I, much. I, I know, but, like, when I when I, I, I posted something uh, to our, um, Sega, I posted something to Viz, and... Yeah, that was fun. Oh, and okay. you told you told me that my taste for shit, and I told you that you're shit. Or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember this, yeah. It was fun. Yeah, but I do that more on Facebook, though. I know, but you're shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I miss Johnny Storm. We okay. all miss Johnny Storm. He's hot. But yeah, um, aside from Twitter, I'm also on my anime list under VLORD. Find me on there. I pretty much update that. Like, it's like a second brain or something. I don't fucking know. I usually have anime all open for some reason. Oh, I found Ned. Found Ned Leeds. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a swell dude. He's, he's, pre, he's pretty damn swell. I love him. He's cute. Yeah. Uh, I, see, working good I secretly hoped he'd be alive. <laughs> Jealous, but he doesn't seem to care. Have I really lost him? Betty's like, I'm trying to cuck you, Peter. Try, <laughs> trying to fucking cuck you, Peter. T- t- pay attention, Peter. And Ned's just like, oh, what's going on? Yeah, hey, did true. he use his spider sense in the movie at all? I can't remember, remember using it. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not explicitly. Huh, that's kind of cool, I guess. But um, I don't know. Where can the good people find you again? You can find me as at Lumrumiyasha on Twitter, my anime list, Anime from Revelation. Basically, anywhere I am, you can find me by that name. As for the show, you can find it as at Manga underscore Mavericks on Twitter, MangaMavericks.tumblr.com on Tumblr, and Manga Mavericks on our YouTube page. Just search you for the channel. So please subscribe and like our content on there, as well as rate and review us on iTunes, because both of those things will really help the channel grow. We can be found also at allcomic.com, that's all-comic.com, and all of our podcasts go up on there first. And yeah, uh, you make sure to look out for more episodes of our main show, Manga Mavericks, and this show, Manga Mavericks Ad Movies, where we talk about movies, as well as all the other side spinoff shows that'll probably be happening, and whatever projects that'll be related to this podcast. Only this like is, six months late. Yeah, only like six months late. However yeah. late this will be, whatever. Five years from now. It's, it's, it's about having fun talking about this yeah. in a way no one else can. And that's what makes this podcast special. You know what we should do to, for the fans? We should be like we should be like Stan Lee and make a special tribute to teenagers in podcasts. Because that's the thing. Special tribute to teenagers issue. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man oh issue 8. Wait, no, wait, no, it's not issue 8. No, I think it says issue 8. Yeah. 
Whatever. This is great. We should do that. Uh, maybe. And we, we gotta should. have a little hyphen in there. Tribute to teenagers. We're gonna we're gonna te- we're gonna ta- talk to you teenagers out there about all those problems you face in modern life. Wow. Just like me. That is uh, really <laughs> pressing. And that's my tribute to you teenagers. <laughs> what is this podcast? I'm a teenager. <laughs> Later, folks.